Hello, and welcome to the Fad and Dad podcast. I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. His friends call him Fad. I'm Joshua Burks. His kids call him Dad. And we're the Fad and Dad podcast, where faith is meaningful and wit is an occasional guest. I feel like our uh, our listener in Uzbekistan would really appreciate a soundboard. I am delighted that we have a Uzbekistani listener, and uh, I want our Uzbekistani listener, or maybe it's listeners because maybe they sh- they gather around and listen. Yes, yes, to the Fat and Dad podcast. Um, but I, I just, I'm blown away. I'm just, it's, it's awesome. We're international. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, yeah. The now the question is. I'd love to get the details of whether they actually like have listened to more than one episode or an episode all the way through. It's not that I doubt your devotion to the church fathers, uh, to our listeners in Uzbekistan, amongst other uh, countries we were surprised to see. Um, it's that we doubt the quality of the Fad and Dad pro- podcast. <laughs> what? Yeah, to, to, the, to the single listens in those single miscellaneous countries. What what happy accident led you to find Fat and Dad? I, yeah. I would love to know those stories. So if we have an intentional listener from uh, from outside of the United States, please reach out and, and tell us your story. Are you going to give them a path to reach out, John? We have an email. We, I go, we do. Um, <laughs> We've never shared it before. What's the address? Here's the deal. I think <laughs> I think that it's fadanddadcast at gmail.com. Isn't that our email? Oh, it could be. Well, if if it bounces back, then we'll share it in another episode. Uh I don't have <laughs> Here's the deal. We're This is this <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. On this international podcast, we're we're really ramping up our communications. And we want to be in touch with you, listeners. So if you have comments, <laughs> questions, or stories, we want to hear from you at fadanddadcast at gmail.com. That's fad, spelled out, and dadcast at gmail.com. And hopefully we'll find the password for it. <laughs> we'll, we'll respond to you next year. <laughs> and, and time for this uh, episode to air. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm... I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. I am the fad of Fat and Dad. I am Josh Burks. I am the dad of Fat and Dad. And welcome. And we're a little st- to <laughs> and welcome. You can Squirrelyville. tell we're on point today. Yeah, welcome to Squirrelyville. It's it's a Friday that we're recording this, mm-hmm. and uh, the moment I get done recording this, I am getting my car to go on family vacation with my family. So I'm kind of vacation all I ever wanted. Vacation time yeah. to get away yeah. right now. Is that 1980s? So, Cindy Lauper, yeah, quite literally. Fad is gonna click end on this recording and he's gonna hit the road. So, we're just gonna sit back, we're gonna relax, <laughs> listeners. We're just gonna dive into Justin Martyr today. Uh, and a very relaxed and meditative. Fad and Dad, Fad and Dad goes NPR. <laughs> Yes. Yes, mm, exactly. Yes. Welcome to the Fat and Dad cast. 
I am Father Andrew Dickinson. <laughs> the, and you can't you can't hold up your end of the bargain. And this is why we are not on Hallow. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> exhibit Q of why we're not on Hallow. <laughs> Uh, and, and we wouldn't want to be on Hallow. So you can take your Hallow big bucks and <laughs> Mr. Hallow recruitment guy or gal, and you can just uh, shove them back in your pocket because what we're, if, we're, 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 we're staying amateur. What if that's our one Uzbekistani listener? They work for Hallow recruitment. <laughs> you just isolated them. I'm happy they're listening from Uzbekistan. Yeah. I am. I just uh, i i want to I want to fight big podcast. Okay. And so I want us to like stay right. You know, I want to I want to be the little podcast that kind of. <laughs> That's <laughs> wonderful. Not, I mean, we'll never be the we'll never be the little podcast that, that could. could that kind of. We're just a little podcast that kind of. <laughs> Well, we're going to kind no. of look at Justin Martyr today. Kind of look at Justin Martyr. So Saint Justin Martyr Saint to you. Justin the Martyr. Uh, we should probably, <sighs> I, don't, I don't know if we addressed this last mm. week. We've addressed it in uh, podcasts past. That the word martyr, uh, mm. although in a contemporary sense, it certainly means one who died for the faith. Uh, it has an origin in the Greek word. Uh, similarly pronounced, meaning witness. Maybe we did say something. I remember talking about he gave a witness in in his writings and in his life and in his death. I I, I feel like we did. Uh, maybe with Saint Ignatius of Antioch, since he is a mm-hmm. martyr as well, um, or Saint Polycarp, sure, since he is a martyr as well. Um, but it's a good it's a good reminder, and also I think it's also important in our day. Um, where just to remind uh, ourselves, you know, of, of the specific meaning of a Christian martyr, as opposed to just culturally reuse the phrase martyr, yeah. or um, you know, the um, what do you call it? Uh, and even like people of Islam might use the word martyr, especially maybe of a militant Islam, sure. to describe someone who kills themselves oh, yeah. in a suicide action, which is vastly different. Uh, from how St. Justin earned the title of martyr. Quite. Quite. And to note, as you just mentioned, I think... Uh, well, unknown on Melito. We'll have to follow up on Melito. I don't know his cause of death. But largely, the church fathers at this point have all been martyrs. And so just what it took to be a faithful Christian in the early age of the church... Uh, required a profound witness even to the point of death. So it's it's pretty humbling to be living in their writings that this is um, quite literally what they lived and died for. Right. Um, and, and also, too, that that was part of the uh, trajectory of the growth of the faith, yeah. that the faith uh, grew through the witness, the martyrdom, uh, the witness of, of martyrdom, the witness of witness, yeah. through the example of their witness through... Uh, loving their neighbor, loving their faith, even if it costs them their life. There is an early church figure. I don't know if we go so far as to label him a father. His, his name is Tertullian. 
Uh, he kind of ends on a sour note, but he did have some really good writings, and he gives us that famous line that says, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Snaps. Snaps heard. Uh, I did some Google foo when you were talking about St. Melito, and it's believed he was martyred. Fitting. Yeah. So, uh, I think it's fair to say then that every one of our fathers discussed so far have been martyred. Yeah. So, uh... And, of course, uh, of the apostles uh, from the time of the resurrection, only John the Beloved is not thought to have been martyred. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. So, yeah. So, uh, but St. Justin, though, isn't just simply a witness by his martyrdom. He's also a witness through his intellect. And that's where he's really kind of uh, a landmark um, saint and a landmark uh, author to look at for us. Because um, he uh, he wrote so eloquently, so passionately, and uh, using his reason so clearly yeah. for the sake of defending the faith. He's really uh, kind of the the proto Christian philosophus philosopher. Philosophus. <laughs> That's I'm, what's a philosopher? I'm not the modern Christian philosophist. <laughs> uh, Philosophizer. Well, How about that? No, he, um, yeah, but he, he was a philosopher. He's a student. He's a student of truth, and that's part of his story. And, yep. and a bit of uh, some of like, the paragraphs we were reading today, mm-hmm. we were reading paragraphs 21 through 30 uh, for today from him. And uh, he, he knows Greek culture back and forth. Quite. You know, whereas uh, the New Testament authors, uh, because they're all uh, Hebrew, uh, finding the fulfillment of the Jewish faith in Jesus mm-hmm. uh, and interlocutors in Greek culture, but they're not from Greek culture, whereas Justin is a Greek. Yeah, yeah, indeed. That's a good launching pad because there's, there's something I want to bring up there. Um, Can I, before before yeah, you launch? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and, and he's writing to in Greek intellectuals. Mm-hmm. The way he's writing, the content of writing, the, the, the reference he's making, he's assuming people know things, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we do this in our communication all the time. We don't think about it, right? But if we're talking to farmers, we're going to use analogies from the farm. If we talk to business people, we're going to use analogies from the business world. Mm-hmm. And so he's very much talking from the perspective of uh, kind of intellectual Greek life, yep. not fraternity life. And let me tell you, it's beneficial to know and speak to your audience. Side story, when I was a newcomer to Brookings, <laughs> South Dakota, as a oh. focus missionary where Fad and I met, and everyone there comes from farming communities, <laughs> I grew up in a cul-de-sac, and <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I did not know the lingo at all. And boy, did I stand out like a sore thumb. I learned quickly. Well, You did. You did. I learned medium. <laughs> Uh, to to according, according to your capacity to learn. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, so Justin is writing just to clear- launch. You launch. You're gonna launch. You, you're gonna launch. We're launched. So launch. Uh, we're in Justin's first apology. I don't know if we mentioned that, and we're in that twenty to thirty paragraph range, and he's using Greek culture as his launch pad to to share the reasonableness of God, Christ, and Christianity. And he talks about, I'm going to be looking at paragraph 26, 
Um, usually these paragraphs are pretty standard, so no matter what translation you're using, uh, should be the same. And you point. and 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 Josh are using two different translations yeah. ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And he talks about, uh, and he's been talking about up to this point, how the the Greeks and uh, the Greek pagan culture and the Roman pagan culture have all of these Greek and pagan gods and their lore and their stories. And they're not surprised or shook when they hear of um, this mighty story of a god-man or this, this story of the divine. He, Hercules! Yeah, like Hercules, exactly. He mentions Hercules. And um, he writes here in paragraph 26, he said, A third point is that after Christ's ascent into heaven, the demons put forward various men who said that they were gods, and you not only did not persecute them, but thought them worthy of honors. One was a certain Simon, a Samaritan, uh, who in the time of Claudius Caesar, through the arts of the demons who worked in him, did mighty works of magic. Uh, and, and he goes on to say, you built a statue for him and, and called him honorable and holy and a god. But then Christ comes and does these holy works or these wonders and you hate the name of Christ and those who who bear his name. And he's really, he uses that example like Simon and does it kind of over and over. This God, this story, this lore. Um, and so I was just reminded here, I think what Justin is doing, it, it to me, it's, it's a commentary on uh, the second half of of the Gospel of John in the Upper Room discourse, oh. when when Jesus is telling the apostles uh, that the world will hate you because you mm. are not of this world, uh, even though you know, what Christ and his followers do, it's not completely unprecedented or inconceivable for people to think of, uh, you know this this divinized lore story of someone who comes back from the dead or who works signs and wonders there's precedent there in pagan lore stories but now all of a sudden this this name and this activity is so hated because it bears the name of jesus and i'm just i'm really taken back to the words of our lord who who uh, predicts and announces this reality that the ways of God are not the ways of this world and you will be hated on on account of my name even going back before that to the Beatitudes. Blessed are you who are persecuted for, for my name. Sure. I uh, I dig that. I've got a little different spin on it. Do you have something else you wanted to no, add in that no, way? No, So I, I think my thought is that it more reflects like their rejection, like the, the Greek uh, oftentimes rejection of... Uh, the the details, if you will, of the life of Jesus that Saint Justin Martyr is defending and comparing in some ways uh, to their own myth. Although Jesus isn't myth, he's fact. Mm-hmm. Um, is part of the scandal of the incarnation, mm-hmm. right? That it's 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 a stumbling block to our minds, uh, and 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 with some reflection, we find it's still a stumbling block in our own minds mm-hmm. to think that. Uh, God would become man in this way, right? That God would become man in this particular way, mm-hmm. that he would suffer the indignities of, uh, of birth, yeah. that he would suffer, you know, to be constrained in the way we are constrained as a human compared to how a divinity is, 
is. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, so I think in some ways just that scandal of the incarnation, also the scandal of the particularity of the incarnation, mm-hmm. that it was a time, a place, a person from a language. Yeah. You know, I think some of the Greeks in some ways reject him just simply because he wasn't Greek. Right, right. Um, yeah, the fact that this this happened in history, in reality, and was witnessed by many, um, which is a necessary point to make. There are already in Justin's time those who are willing to ascribe away that this you know none of this was real. Um, I think in modern times, I think Ratzinger, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, uh, sure. is a brilliant theologian in reminding us how rooted in history and reality our faith is. Uh, and how reasonable our faith is. There's a lot of overlap mm-hmm. with with Justin there in the writing of of Ratzinger. I'm uh, I'm I'm drawn again to one of my favorite Paul line passages with what you said, Fad. Um, mm. Where in First Corinthians, Paul says he's talking about the cross, not so much the incarnation, but how linked are they? And Paul sure. says, mm. "For Jews demand signs, and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified." A stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. Uh, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. And you got, it, it's a brilliant chapter. I, I wish I could read the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, what's the Greek word that's translated as stumbling block? Oh, yep. It's... Um, I know these because the other one is is moron. You're the biblical scholar. Come Scandalon. on, scandal. There we go. Scandalon yeah. to Jews, and uh, the word for folly is is what we get the word moron from. It's literally moronic that your right. God became a, a a weak human and then suffered Roman execution. That's your God, yeah. you moron. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so I think it's. Um, it's good to think that, you know, the faith, it's good for us to realize the fact that the faith just didn't kind of waltz onto the scene and get welcomed in open arms in that way. And so in our own day where we experiencing more resistance, right, as uh, the faith and the culture divorce themselves from one another in various regards, um, we wish it wouldn't, but it seems like it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we find that resistance, we find people rejecting Okay, it's happened before. Yeah, yeah. I um same same portion or, or same part here in Justin a little bit different angle sure. uh, because it came up in the paragraph twenty six that I read. He talks about the influence of demons a lot so far in in his first apology, and I just think it's at least worth mention. Sure. Uh, how attuned to the spiritual battle Justin is mm. in the fight for the mind. He's not just an intellectual. Yeah. Uh, he, he is very... Uh, he has a, a, some keen insight, not only into the uh, present-day battle for the soul and mind that the enemy is waging, but really um, <clears throat> how Satan has stood against Christ and the reasonableness of God and, and the revelation of himself from, from all of history. How even in, in planting this this pagan lore, he really ascribes that activity to the demonic influence and and the uh, the push to make these stories real. But God seems something you know moronic to borrow from Saint Paul. 
Sure. And I think uh, the way the church kind of maybe fully matured uh, this teaching, right, would be to talk about that there are semina verbi, Mm. uh, Latin phrase to meet semina seeds uh, and verbi word, referencing to Jesus. So seeds of the word in uh, the pagan myths and religions of old, um, seeds that would find their their fullest flowering in uh, the uh, Old and New Testament. Um, But also, too, I think that, I think what Justin's tapping into as well is that the Greeks themselves, we talked about this last episode, the Greeks themselves were very dissatisfied with Greek mythology. Yeah. They become disenchanted with it. Culturally, they kind of still did the things because mm-hmm. it's what we do, but no one really believed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, but at the same time, it's also, I think, come from that serious spiritual. So so why would a Christian say that uh, the stories of uh, Zeus and Athena being born out of his splitting headache, why would Justin care about it, number one, Instead of just saying, well, instead of just dismissing it and mm-hmm. ignoring it, maybe. But number two, to say that it's from demons. Mm. Well, let me address the first part of that question, at least what, what came to mind. Because here I am ringing the Ratzinger bell again. That has always been one of my um, most admirable or, or, or things that I admire in the writings of Pope Benedict. Um, is he His use of idolatry? <laughs> well, his he's such a good, he's not only a theologian and philosopher, but he, he's a really good um, historian in that sense. He can sure. take in the social cultures, and he'll frequently discuss the nature of other religions in the world. Uh, sure. And he doesn't just dismiss them. He, he actually, he uses it as a case to say, can't you see how man fundamentally is a religious being seeking for something more, something outside or beyond himself? And then he uses that to, to tailor his, his pointing to Jesus Christ as the center of that effort. Uh, and I, I see a lot of that in Justin. Like you said, he's not just dismissing it. How could you believe sure. in all these things? No, sure. he's saying, yeah, uh, man has always been a religious being. He's always seeking the divine somewhere and somehow. And paraphrasing, Justin is going to say, let me show you what you've really been looking for. Uh, it's it's God revealed in Jesus Christ. And so, and, and I think part of it, but um, but then why you, see, see, demons seem inflammatory, though, if that's his aim. Yeah. To say it comes from demons seems inflammatory. Right now, whether there's just a different mindset in that way, mm-hmm. but I think there's a further point on this. Yeah, that um, not only are some of these things in shadows and figures now seen in fulfillment, uh, although you know Saint Melito would say the true shadows and figures are the types mm-hmm. of the Old Testament, right? Mm-hmm. Not so much the the pagan re, uh, non-revealed religion. Yeah. But I think um, what's demonic for St. Justin Martyr would be the attitude of worship, mm. that it leads you to worship things that are not God. Mm. Snaps, and on, that's, snaps on both ends of this podcast. Okay. So uh, I think that's where, to me, uh, now I haven't found textual evidence for that, and we might, might not, but I would wonder if for him that's where the 
demonic aspect would be. Well, if if we take um, Matthew three or Luke four and, and Jesus and his temptation in the wilderness as sure. not not just what happened in history, but as a as a pattern of how the enemy wants to detract us, mm-hmm. it's worship me. That's that's his goal. Don't worship God. Worship me, or right. attempt to worship me at least. Yeah. No, I think that's spot on. Nice. Yeah. Um, he does make some references too in this to like different sorts of like uh, the unreasonableness of some of the, and the uh, profane, the perverted aspects Ooh. of some of the temple worship. Yeah. That would go on. Uh, I shouldn't say temple. Uh, out of uh, honoring the one and only temple, which yeah. is the temple of Jerusalem, and then embodied in our Lord Jesus Christ, but um, in the various pagan rituals mm-hmm. and religions, is that they would have these perverted interactions and exchanges mm-hmm. in that way. Um, <laughs> some people don't like you to bring up uh, that there that at the time of Jesus, in the time of Saint Justin Martyr, there were women priests. Mm-hmm. Not Christian priests, not Catholic priests, pagan priests, but pagan priestesses who perform these perverted transactions mm-hmm. in the temples. Yeah, um, and so he's also then point out some of that unreasonability and that this is not the Christian way. Yeah, and so while there are similarities, there's also these marked differences. Mm-hmm. Like there's a nobility to the virgin birth of Jesus that comes through the Annunciation of Mary being asked to make a yes. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the Greek mythologies, which a lot of our listeners may not have studied much Greek mythology, understandably so. Did you study Greek mythology in school? Not much. I really okay. only by way through the fathers. Okay. Uh, I was privileged to actually get Greek mythology in high school. Nice. Uh, thank you, Mr. David Fisher, <laughs> and our teacher. And then also some in... Well, I took a class on the Greek tragedies in college before I went to the seminary. Um, I don't remember my professor's name there. Sorry. (laughs) It was good, though. I enjoyed it. Um, But yeah, so to distinguish uh, that the Christian religion doesn't involve uh, these sort of uh, um, perverted transactions, which were offensive to the... To the rational side of Greeks, yep. especially the philosophers, it was um, uh, repulsive to them. Yeah. And were some of the details of those mythologies, you know. And so uh, when Zeus uh, fathers, uh, air quotes there, listeners, when, when Zeus fathers uh, a Hercules or some of these other uh, people in the Greek mythologies, it's quite often by violating yeah. uh, the human participant yeah. as opposed to the... Um, granting of Mary, uh, as recorded in the in the Annunciation in Luke's Gospel, granting to Mary that privilege of cooperating uh, with with him. That, yeah, that's stunning. And that uh, you mentioned this, the uh, the non sexualized entrance of the divine into the world, in contrast to the hyper sexualized worship of the pagan cult. Can I can I quibble? Yeah, it's still sexual. Okay, the the non perverted sexual entry, the non eroticized, yeah, the non romanticized, the non yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Whereas, and and there perhaps we can make a link to that demonic influence of uh, how can how can the demonic really shake humanity and get you to worship something else by by way of sure. lust and the perversion sure. of chastity, greed, mm-hmm. jealousy, all those things, kind of aspects of that idolatry of worship of others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. We got anything else on this bad boy? Well, since you have nothing else to do this afternoon, Fad, I was thinking we could just really break open, um, <laughs> break open some new, <laughs> yeah. some new topics. How's your life? <laughs> It'd be really good when I go on vacation. Oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> well. It'd be really good as soon as I no longer see your face. Ouch. Uh, on my screen. Oh. Ouch. Until one day we see each other face to face because we're taking a vacation in person and we do a fad and dad on a beach somewhere. We have to get uh, wind muffles for the mics. Yep. Yeah. Worth it, though. Well, anyways. Uh, so we're going to keep on plugging through St. Justin Martyr, though, because he's got good stuff to talk yeah, about, think about. This has and, been fun. Yeah. And uh, again, there may not always be like direct application for your life. Um, although, if some of you out there in far off places like Georgia, uh savannah georgia uh if uh, you uh georgia on your mind if you uh abandon your uh worship of idols and uh practices in the temple of aphrodite uh we're incredibly happy uh if you do but uh again this is more of um just kind of some deep history and just things about your faith and the history of our faith and those who have gone before us that maybe you didn't know. Amen. All right. Uh, we do... Uh, we, it's so mean to do shout-outs at the end of an episode, though. Do there was it. one shout-out I did want to make. Do it. Okay. Uh, and that's... Uh, maybe we should edit this and pop this into the front of the episode. Ooh, okay. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so we'll see if I have the skills. Uh, thank you to the Diocese of Lincoln uh, for giving a reference to the Fad and Dad uh, podcast in their in the Messenger, the Southern Nebraska Register. Southern Nebraska Register, nothing at all to do with Messenger. I don't know where <laughs> that came from. Uh, so thank you, uh, Southern Nebraska Register. Yes, uh, for the very uh, kind uh, uh, appreciation of the Fad and Dad uh, podcast. If any uh, listeners have found us because of that. Hey, welcome. Welcome to Fat and Dad. Boy, are you yeah, in for a treat. W- <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, welcome and sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> welcome to the dozens. We're glad to have you with us. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you, dozens and dozens. Gross. God bless you. All right. <laughs> a gross is a dozen dozens, as learned by Fat. <sighs> Peace. Peace.